I've just been around the kids' rooms and it's a lot buzzier there. <laughs> um, why, don't, um, why don't we just pray and then uh, I'll hand over to Nick. So, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that, um, that you speak to us through your word and through your spirit. And I want to pray that you would anoint Nick this morning as he unpacks your word to us. And I pray that you would give us soft hearts, soft minds, soft spirits to what you're saying. And you would help us to line ourselves up with, with your word as we listen. Amen. Amen. A bear went into a bar and he said to the barman, I want a beer. And the barman said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve beer to bears. And the bear went, Rrr! And he banged his paw down on the, on the bar. And the barman said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve beer to bears who bash bars. And the, the, the bear said, I'm so angry with you, you lousy, no good barman. And the barman said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve beer to bears. We don't serve beer to bears who bash bars. We don't serve beer to bears who badmouth bartenders. And the bear went, Aah! and he banged into someone next to him and sent him flying across the bar. And the, the barman said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve beer to bear. We don't serve beer to bears who bash bars. We don't serve beer to bears who badmouth bartenders. And we don't serve beer to bears who biff bystanders. And the bear went, ah! And he showed all his great big teeth. And he went, ah! And took a great big chunk out of the bar. And the barman said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve beer to bears. We don't serve beer to bears who bash bars, we don't serve beer to bears, who badmouth bartenders, we don't serve beer to bears, who biff bystanders, and we don't serve beer to bears who take drugs. And the bear said, what? I don't take drugs. And uh, the barman said, well, what about that barbituate? <laughs> A clap, oh, that's, that's good. Uh, sometimes things happen that are hard to understand, hard to get our heads round. We think, what was the point of that? Sometimes things seem unfair and they leave us with questions. And I want to talk about questions today, questions we have for God and ultimately questions that God has for us. There are lots of questions in life. Some are very trivial. My favourite one is, what is an occasional table the rest of the time? Um, I'll get that one. No, maybe not. Why is phonetic not spelt how it sounds? Why is abbreviation such a long word? If love is blind, why is lingerie so popular? And why do you press harder on the, on, uh, the buttons on a remote control when you know the batteries are dead? Okay, those are some trivial questions, but you'll not be surprised to know there are bigger questions out there. There are questions we all have about life, about the universe, about everything, about our place in this whole thing. We have questions about what's going on, what's happened to us, what's happened to people we know. And everyone has questions of some kind or other. And often... We'll have questions ourselves or people will ask us questions. The questions, people knowing that we're Christians, will ask us questions about faith, about God, about what's going on in the world. Sometimes questions can be a smokescreen. They can almost be a way of 
distracting attention, of not wanting to talk about something so you bring up an old chestnut or, or something almost to change, uh, change the subject, to sort of push off God or discussion about spiritual things. But often, they're a heart cry. They reveal the deep longing within us. Perhaps our inner conflict or the things we struggle with, the things we don't understand, the things that affect us deeply. Um, sometimes they're questions like, you know, I want to believe this, but what about suffering? But what about hypocritical Christians? But what about this or that, uh, which is making us find, make it difficult to understand? For all of us, there are questions that we have, there are questions that other people have asked us as well. And we can struggle to answer in a way that's going to make sense. Um, what I wanted to do today, actually, is do quite a bit of stuff talking about things together as groups. So, um, if you want to do it in groups of about four or five, okay, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get into a group. And within that group, everyone who's willing to think about either a question you have about sort of life, the universe, and everything, or a question that someone's asked you about that. Okay? So think about that. I'll maybe share it in the group. We've got about four or five minutes, then we're going to feed back. Um, and if you've got anything to say about how you might have answered that question or what it made you think about in a very brief, like 30 seconds or so, do that too. Okay, so we've probably got about one group over there. We've maybe got one big group over there. And then maybe here, if you guys split into about, about four, three, four groups. Does that make sense? Everyone happy with that? Go. Let's do it. Right. Here we have an incredible live action PowerPoint when I'm going to attempt to sort of fill in some questions. So go on, fire away. What questions did you come up with? This group. What questions did you come up with? Ah. So, opinions on LBGTQ. Uh, and I can't there's a question mark. Okay, great. Any other questions people had? This group. Uh, what happens when I die? Okay. Give us another one and then we'll go to another group. What about dinosaurs? What about dinosaurs? <laughs> okay, cool. Over there. So if I put, what about suffering? Okay, long-term illness. Okay. Is it God's fault? Okay. Uh, right, You're the, you there, what about you?
Yeah. Back there. Sorry, say the last bit again, Phil. Okay. Cool. It's a great spectator sport, typing, I always find. Um, at the back there, Paul, Sue, Katie, what, what did you have? Brilliant. How do we know God exists? And we've probably t already talked about people who die early. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions we want to throw in? We'll go around the groups again quickly. Yes, go on. Natural disasters. Is religion responsible? Responsible. I saw a wonderful statistic which showed that religion was responsible, responsible for about 7.8% of wars, which was an interesting uh, thing. But anyway, we'll talk about that some other time. Okay. Any other questions? So, this group at the back anymore? No. Any more over here? Who made God? Good. Hasn't science disproved God? Can God make a rock? So big, he can't lift it. Okay, I think that'll do us. Um, there's a lot of questions out there. There's a lot of questions that we have, and people have all kinds of questions out there. Amazing stuff, really. And some of it's really deep. You know, it reflects deep issues in our own experience, in our own understanding of life. Um, and it reflects deep issues in, in other people's experience. Painful things, challenging things, things that can be um, quite hard. Sometimes, as Christians, uh, we can be fearful about these sort of questions. You know, worried we're not going to answer them properly. Um, or that we might put people off by our, our answers. Some things are not simple. Um, there are not easy answers. They can be very nuanced. They can be hard to explain. But 
I believe the Christian faith has the most cogent, the most reasonable, the most coherent worldview that can understand and explain all this stuff. That whatever these challenges are, and they're a challenge that faces every worldview, um, but actually the truth of Christianity, of God becoming man and dying for us, that we could be part of his family, is a way that we can understand and through all these things make sense of some of these difficult questions. The aim of this series is to help us with that. We're going to look at a number of different questions. Um, it's quite a bit of overlap with the ones we've got there. Let me just bring up what, we've, what we're planning to talk about. Okay, so we're going to talk about how can Jesus be the only way to God? So what about other religions? We're going to talk about is belief in God a delusion? So has science disproved God? Someone raised that. We're going to talk... Um, about the whole issue of suffering, which came out again and again in our questions there. Why does God let bad things happen to good people? Um, We're going to talk about, actually, the question of hypocrisy. If God is good, why are some Christians so bad? What about the stuff that the church or that Christians do? Um, We're going to talk about judgment. If God is loving, why does he condemn people to hell? Um, So we're going to talk about what that unpack that. We're going to ask the question, is belief in God just a psychological crutch? Is it just something that some of us create because we need to believe in someone rather than um, actually uh, God being real? We're going to ask the question, is belief in God dangerous? Someone raised the point about religion starting wars. We say, actually, is belief in God dangerous? Does it make people worse rather than better? And we're also going to talk about the nature of truth and knowledge. Ask the question, how can you say you found the truth if you haven't tried all the alternatives? If you haven't tried everything else, how can you believe that you know, what you've found is true? So these are a whole load of questions we're going to, going to look at over the next um, couple of months. Um, a question can be frightening, but actually it's also... A privilege. If I ask you a question about something deep, about something spiritual, uh, something maybe I don't understand, I'm opening a bit of my heart to you, showing you a bit behind the, oh yes, I'm fine, how are you kind of facade that we often put on. So even if someone is asking you, saying to you, you know, you, know, you Christians are so hypocritical or so judgmental, in one sense that's a criticism, in another sense it may well express something in the heart from some deep hurt or pain that you know, that person is choosing to expose to us. Asking a spiritual question is an invitation to talk more, to go deep. And um, you know what? We actually see this happening in the Bible loads. So loads of the teaching in the Bible is in the form of question and answer. Okay? It was pretty rare, we think, to have the sort of thing we normally have here when someone gets to stand up for sort of half an hour or whatever and spout about this or that. Um, much more normal in biblical terms is the teacher and people listening asking and responding lots of questions. So asking questions seems to be a much more normal way of teaching in the Bible. And, and we see that again and again with Jesus and with his followers entering into dialogue with people as they try and um, talk stuff through. 
Um, and we wanted to do something in groups again. We're going to look at three different passages um, with these kind of questions going to be being asked. We're going to look at um, Jesus talking with a Samaritan woman at the well. We're going to talk about Philip uh, talking with an Ethiopian in his chariot on the way back from Jerusalem. And we're going to talk about Paul speaking with a load of philosophers and thinkers in Athens, um, that sort of great centre of uh, philosophical life at that time. So, I am so well prepared for this that, you know, it's quite unusual. So for each group, I'm going to give you a bit of paper with one of these things. So on one side, you've got the text for uh, one of those uh, incidents, and then on the other side, you've got um, four or five questions. Okay. That one. Uh, oh, yes, does anyone want pens? I had pens somewhere. Pens? Anyone want a pen? Maybe five, six minutes. Okay, the questions you're going to ask. So read it through yourself. It's in the Bible as well. If you want any more of the sheets, I've got spare because there's fewer groups than I expected. So there's another one. Um, so read it through. Uh, what you, the questions you're asking are, how did the encounter start? So who's, who started it effectively? What questions were asked and who asked them? How did the conversation sort of move on to more spiritual matters? What was the result? And then the final thing, if you think there's a key learning point for us out of it. Okay. Um, does anyone want more copies of stuff to read? Which one were you? Shall we um, bring that back together? I'm sorry, because I've been realising I've given you a pretty difficult task here to talk this through in the time that was available. So I appreciate that's a really challenging one. I'm sorry to, to rush you on that. Um, okay, so to go through these three things, so who had... Um, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Okay, cool. Okay, so brief summary for those who, who don't know, who didn't have that one. Jesus comes to a well um, in Samaria. He asks the woman for a drink. There's then a discussion about living water, worshipping spirit and truth, and various other things like that. Um, who had Philip and the Ethiopian? Okay, so brief summary for those who don't know that one. Um, God, the Holy Spirit, tells Philip to go up to this chariot. He runs alongside. Here's the guy reading from the scriptures, and then the, the guy in the chariot invites him up to talk about it. Um, and who had Paul in Athens? Paul in the philosophers. Okay, I think that was a really tricky one, actually, so particular apologies I gave you that. Um, so. Paul is in Athens, he's preaching, then the sort of religious or the, the town authorities, city authorities, want to hear what he's saying, so he goes and speaks to them at their sort of famous debating ground. Okay, that's the context. Um, 
So, right, what are the groups who had the Jesus and Samaritan woman? How did the encounter start? He asked for a drink. Interestingly, he broke down a social taboo there because actually as a Jewish man, Rabbi, he shouldn't really have been even talking to a a Samaritan woman. Brilliant. Uh, Okay, someone with Philip. How did that one start? One of the groups. Sorry? An angel told him where to go. So he was responding directly to what God had said to go to a particular place. Brilliant. Uh, What about Paul? How did that one start? Wandering around Athens, says he was greatly distressed, and so he started preaching. Brilliant. Okay, now questions. So one of the, the, uh, the Samaritan group, um, what questions were asked? Will you give me a drink? That's how it started. I thought it was interesting. I think I overheard Nicky saying this, actually, that he never answers straight, does he, in that one? He keeps doing these sort of curveball answers, um, but leading on to spiritual things. Um, Brilliant. Okay, what about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian? What questions were asked then? Who was doing Philip? Sorry? Did he understand? So it was a bit of a... It was a real... um, I suppose a shoe in there, you know, the, the, the guy was there reading from Isaiah, uh, but actually Philip took the step to say, do you understand this? You know, do you want some help? He was offering to help on spiritual matters. Um, uh, okay, what about Paul? What questions did we have in, in Paul's bit? So he was actually already speaking about it, going on and preaching. They were like, well, who is this? They want to know. They were sort of all into sort of uh, philosophical fashions and that sort of thing. Okay, brilliant. How did the conversation move on to spiritual matters? We've already heard that a little bit with Jesus and Samaritan woman, how he keeps saying these sort of slightly weird sort of spiritual things and moving it on. What about Philip and the Ethiopian? So sometimes it's easy because they're already reading the Bible or God's already doing something in their lives. God is at work. Um, obviously, Philip still had to take the initiative. Um, you know, running, keeping up with a chariot in itself is probably quite hard work. Um, I don't fancy it. But anyway, um, okay, what about Paul? How did he turn, or how did he get into the, the conversation, if you know what I mean? Brilliant. So he, he, he latched onto something they already had an existing um, part of their experience and sort of talked about it. Okay, um, finally, any key learning points people have got out of this? So let's start with Jesus and Samaritan woman. Any key learning points? Um, I just really love that actually you know, we didn't have to really um, 
brilliant. Thank you. That's great. Any key learning points from Philip and the Ethiopian? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So actually, yeah, get, meeting one barn, talking about the scriptures. I thought it was interesting as well, the fact that God is already at work in people. And we just obey the Holy Spirit, but God's already doing something. Um, uh, and what about Paul? Any uh, key learning points from the one with Paul? Cool. Thank you. That's great. I think that's been really uh, interesting, helpful. I found it really, really good to look at. I wanted to finish, um, and thank you all for getting into groups and doing it, because I know, you know it's a bit of a brain strain on a Sunday morning. Um, it's been quite easy for me, though. I've liked it. Um, I won't fill these up on here because we're out of time. Um, there is a final question I want to talk about. It's the question that, Jesus asks, I'm not going to read it all out now because it's in, uh, we're out of time. But in Luke 9, Jesus comes to his disciples and says, um, who do people say I am? And they come up with various ideas. And then he turns to them and he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And it's a key moment when Peter reveals or understands, revealed to him by God, who Jesus actually is. And it's a turning point for the whole sort of Jesus' ministry in the gospel. It's the crucial thing for each one of us because God has a question for every person here. Who do you say Jesus is? A question for every person on earth uh, when they finally reach judgment will be, what did you make of Jesus? Did you follow him? Did you see him as who he is? That is the crucial question. Um, Jesus makes clear that intellectual assent is not enough. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross and follow me daily. It's a sense of actually going um, as if to a place of execution, making him our Lord and choosing him. So the question that I want to sort of leave you with today is Jesus saying, who do you say I am? And if today you're at the point where you feel like you want to, you recognize that he is God and you want to follow him, um, there is an opportunity to do that. I think what we'll do, um, I'm just going to pray, lead us in prayer. If this is you and if you're choosing to follow God today, I, I'd encourage you to echo this in your heart with me. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the son of the living God, the one who came to die for us and the one who came to give us life. And I thank you that I can come to you and be forgiven and accepted. And I want to choose to do that today and follow you all the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if that's 
been a decision for you today, if that's been something which has changed that you'd like to talk to about, I would love to pray with you and, and sort of hear more about what God's doing in your life. I'm done. Then have some tea and coffee. <laughs> um, have a great week.